Addiction is a family disease. Mm. It doesn't affect just the person who's using because whoever's around you has to adapt to your behaviors, everything, and yeah. it's a family disease. Michelle Navarro Ishiki has a master's in social work. She's a substance abuse counselor, Mrs. Kaneohe, 2014, and a former meth user. Drug addiction, alcoholism. I'm a firm believer that it is genetics, and there are yeah. studies that show that they are. Mm-hmm. But whether you want to believe it or not, if this is the life that you know, drug addiction, alcoholism, you normalize that behavior. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. some, you either also live it or you're so against it. But I see people that it's become such a normal part of their lives, and that's where the generational continuity of lifestyle will go on. Families are all about continuity. Writer Donald Carrera Ching, born and raised in Kahalu'u, draws on the loving details of family life against the backdrop of generational addiction. Unfortunately, over the years, it hasn't been addressed as best as it could be by you know some of the, the powers that be, I think. But I, I think it's getting better, and you're definitely seeing the communities stepping up and dealing with it. Is that why we don't hear about it? You know, the community's helping themselves recover, and that's and that's really, really important. You know, I think that's one of the messages I, I kind of want to get across with this novel is that ice is not this abstract problem or epidemic that's affecting Hawaii. It's a very personal, it's a very real issue that we need to address because it is your brother, your sister, your friend's uncle. It's all of us, you know, in, in many ways. And if it's not addressed, at some point it begins to consume those parts of us that we really hold dear. When I was quitting, I really saw that I had lost who I was through the drugs. Author, playwright, Hannah E.E. Epstein was a Menehune surfer growing up on the North Shore. She's written a play about generational drug use set at Haleiwa Beach Park. She was herself addicted to meth from age 17 to 19. One day I looked into the mirror and and I was like, who is that person in the mirror? Who is that girl? Because I don't know her anymore. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things to do is to look yourself in the mirror, in the eyes, and go, wow, this is who I am right now. And who I was didn't exist. I had lost, like, my personality, my mentality, my values, all of the beliefs I grew up with. It was just out the window. I saw that in the mirror, and I was like, I can't be this ghost walking around. And I have these stories to tell, and I have to tell them. And that's, that's what it was. So E.E. E. Epstein started surfing again. My parents took me back in. My cousins, they were like, oh, you want to use? Let's go surf instead. Oh, you want to use? Why don't we just talk story out in the lanai? You can smoke your cigarettes. We'll just talk story. Why don't we enroll you in a community college? Take English. You love English. They just kept me busy doing the things that they knew I loved. I started doing poetry. I started doing all kinds of things. And I found myself again, and I was like, oh, this is me. Like, I'm back. But hold on tight. E.E. E. Epstein says there are still some days she can't go out of the house because she knows she'll start hunting for meth again after being clean a decade. Georgiana DeCosta has been executive director of the Hawaii Meth Project, a youth-oriented meth prevention organization. She struggled with meth addiction in the 90s, lost her children, and was thrown in prison. Finally, release day came, and her mother was coming to pick her up. By the time they processed the papers, it was like dark. So I'm sitting outside Old Triple C in the dark at the bus stop. Is this how it works? Is they put you out here? It's, isn't this kind of like counterproductive? It's scary, <laughs> right? So this is what happens with meth to the families. So I not see my kids till this day. 
what I had put my mom through is so incredible. I had stolen from her, I had lied to her, I had just um, screamed at her, I had done so many things, and um, she had fought tooth and nail for my kids. And when they started to call her mom, she said, no, I'm not your mom, I'm your grandma, I'm your tutu. And so what she did is, I was a hula dancer when I was little, so she got the pictures of me dancing hula, and she blew them up like posters. So I come home, and I see poster-sized pictures of me all over the house. And at first it was a little creepy, but then it was absolutely adorable. Because that's what families do. And I think this is the kind of thing that families all over Hawaii are doing, that grandparents are doing for their grandkids, because the parents are all messed up on marriage. Our families are absorbing this, too. But is it less of a problem now, or is it just there's less publicity? Less publicity, because there's less sensationalized cases. The prevalence may be just as much. Correct. The sensational cases are not there. Correct. And the publicity there. Correct. Because if you talk to U.S. Attorney Flonaka Kuni, she says of her drug-related cases, which are 50% of all of her cases, 97, 98% are meth-related. And they are exponentially higher than they were five years ago, ten years ago, volume-wise. That knowledge is chilling for DaCosta because the Hawaii Meth Project has lost funding and will become a part of the Coalition for a Drug-Free Hawaii. If Hawaii's meth problem is as big as the numbers seem to indicate, our families are front lines in this fragile balance. Noe Tanigawa, HPR News.